turn to the scripture tonight. Amen. Thank you, musicians. John chapter 11, and then Romans chapter 8. Brother Fred came all the way from Uganda and preached 45 minutes last Sunday night. Amen. Maybe we need, I need to learn a little bit more from that. But we thank the Lord for his word. Hearing from uh, different brothers already yesterday and today from around the world, uh, that today was a wonderful day in the message. Uh, heard from Europe today and the Lord just poured out His Spirit in their service. I was streaming a service from the Philippines where some of the brothers were and it was just wonderful to see God moving. And uh, He's all over this world. He's omnipresent. He can be everywhere at the same time. We want Him to be here tonight. We wouldn't want to have one service without Him being here. It'd just all be in vain. We might as well just close and go out if Jesus isn't here. But Jesus is here. And you're here and I'm here. And as we bow our heads tonight, maybe someone would say, Lord, I need you to touch me while you're here, Lord. Touch my life. Touch my being. Minister to my need. And God sees your hands. He sees your heart. Our dear Father, many hands are lifted up tonight, Jesus. We have needs among us. And it's not the music that's playing, but it's the Holy Ghost. It's moving in our hearts and moving through the word that touches the soul of the believer. We need a touch from you tonight. Some in their souls, some in their spirits, some in their bodies, even some that aren't here tonight. They need a touch from you. And we told them we would be praying. We'd be remembering them when we pray for the body of Christ. Lord, that there would be healing and strength for your people. Even go beyond these walls. Let our faith, Lord, reach into that realm and touch the hem of your garment for somebody, some need. Let's draw a little closer together tonight, Jesus, and strengthen your people once again. We thank you for the words we've been hearing, Jesus. Uh, testimonies from different places, different lands. Would you come in Cloverdale again tonight? Great Holy Spirit, great angel of the Lord, just come down 60th Avenue, turn into this parking lot, come in the front door. The deacons could open the doors, please, and they come in the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's somebody in the nursery, somebody in the balcony, somebody below, or just somebody hurting in trouble. Out across the internet, the Holy Spirit, Lord, you're more than able to minister to us. So we open up our hearts and our lives, Jesus. Let there be a resurrection tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 11, verse 23. This is the chapter of Jesus raising Lazarus. But he was speaking to Martha in verse 23. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She was a believer. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? This is amazing because Lazarus had passed away. They were believers. So he's not just speaking about natural death. Uh, Tonight we're speaking about what a resurrection this is. And we would just look in these scriptures here that we read. Martha believed in the resurrection at the last days. But Jesus was trying to open her eyes to the resurrection that was right there. Amen. Amen. Hello, everybody, tonight. Her, her faith was in another place, in another resurrection. And Jesus was trying to say, it's right here. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Chapter 14, if you just turn over a few pages, when Jesus was in the Passover chamber and speaking to his disciples and privately and personally, John 14, verse 18. Let's just read there. I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, Jesus was speaking to some disciples, but he wasn't just speaking to the people in the room. When Brother Branham read verse 19, he said he was speaking to his wife. So he's speaking to a body, a bride of Christ. Verse 19, yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you. That's tonight. Jesus is here. Can we turn to Romans 8, verse 22? Just our last scriptures. Brother Branham read these two verses in the seals week. And the lamb was breaking the seals. And he was just speaking about this. Romans chapter 8, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. That is the climax of our adoption, is the change of our bodies. That is the resurrection. And tonight we want to speak on what a resurrection this is. God bless you can have your seats. Tonight, as we just look at a few things and don't want to keep you long. I just want to take a little side thought also and include that with the resurrection and and, uh, speak on a spiritual intervention. And we'll just get into that in just a moment. But we've all had a spiritual intervention. But I just want to go back to Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, Brother Branham's last uh, Easter seal message in Phoenix. And he talk, called it his pre-Easter message. And that was when he was talking about everyone was getting their places and how they were approaching Easter. I think this coming week is the most and the greatest historical week of all the weeks of the year. I think the greatest thing we will celebrate this week, this coming week 
was the greatest event that ever taken place on the earth. And he wasn't just talking about Calvary because many people had been crucified. Many people had died. He was speaking about Easter morning when only one of those individuals could rise from the dead. And that really settled it all. But Brother Branham took it further and talked about there, there are to be witnesses of the resurrection. And how God is looking for men and women like you and me that he can fill with his power. That he can express that resurrection through our lives. And sometimes it might be in a shadow or in a type like Jonah. And we'd say, we we mentioned this two and a half weeks ago, but sometimes we'd say Jonah was out of the will of God. And Brother Branham uh, in 1964 said when he took that wrong ship and got out there and that that had to be done, it must be that way to show forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we don't know, but the footsteps of our lives is showing that there will be a resurrection. And I want to say tonight what a resurrection this is. We're going to speak on that in just a minute. Brother Branham was talking about the resurrection on Easter morning. What a resurrection that was. But what a resurrection this is. And I want to take it in two parts. The first is the resurrection of the message that has come by our way. That God has sent by the Holy Spirit to gather a worldwide bride. That has already happened. There has been a resurrection and a shout that's gone throughout this globe tonight. What a resurrection of a body that is. What a testimony that God's been able to do that in our generation. But number two, and I want to focus on this tonight, is the resurrection of you. What a resurrection this is. The individual. Because we would say, oh, Jesus rose from the dead. What a resurrection that was. But for God to do that in your life and to make it personal, that is amazing. That is so amazing. And and just this morning, the Lord laid it upon my heart, Brother David, to just... This is just amazing. If God would just grant grace and his mercy to blot out somebody's sin or their neglect or maybe something they've done in their life. That is amazing. I'm thinking of you and I. I was thinking of our church. I was thinking of needs, maybe secret things that that go on within our lives or our families and The Holy Spirit just came into my heart and I begin to ask for grace. Just begin to ask for mercy. And I asked the Lord a question. Lord, is there mercy that you could extend for that person? I just think that's amazing because that speaks of a resurrection. That that speaks of a message that has gone from tapes and books and volumes into the hearts of the people. To where the blood can drip down specifically into specific needs or certain issues. And God to give you mercy. For God to say, I forgive you, is amazing. And for him to even put it in your heart. To say, God, give me mercy, is incredible. It's just incredible, friends. Here we have a few hundred of us tonight, and I want to say, what a resurrection this is. Yeah. 
I mean, we could talk about a lot of resurrections, even Lazarus, and say, wow, it would have been incredible to be one of those believers that Jesus said, take his grave clothes off. He just rose from the dead. What a resurrection that was. Was that a great resurrection? Or, or the young man that was just a, the only boy in the family. You know, Jesus doesn't go to a lot of funeral services. He believes in the resurrection. He, he just wanted to be near this person that had death in their system. And he just laid his hand upon the brow of, uh, of the little dead teenager's uh, body was laying on. And he came back to life. Praise God. What a resurrection that was. Maybe somebody here tonight needs a resurrection. I would say, Lord, let them come forth. What a resurrection it is for you from a life of sin. From a life of the world. Just think about it. We were all born in the world in iniquity. And God gave you and I a quickening from ourselves. Our biggest enemy is ourselves. And God gave you a resurrection. I say, what a resurrection that is. And we'll talk about it a little later, but from a dark denominationalism that held many of you older ones, that you came out of a dark denomination. But as we mentioned two and a half weeks ago, to a lot of our children and of our, a lot of our young people, I was thinking of this again as Brother Fred spoke about the Catholic denomination and the Baptist denomination or the Pentecostal denomination. A lot of our young people do not know what you're talking about. They've been raised in the message. They've been raised around these things. But there are other nations today that are trying to choke out this word. Could be a sports nation or a fashion nation or a sex nation or another spirit. It's a nation that's trying to come into the message, trying to come into our families. And I would say, what a resurrection it is for someone to come to life. And come out of that nation and be a free person. Do you agree? What a resurrection that is. From death and sorrow. From selfishness. From a fleshly life. For God to come and quicken that life. And make them come alive. Now, um, I, I just want to bring another part to the service tonight. And that is a spiritual intervention. And when we speak about an intervention, that means for an individual that has a lot of interference in their life, a lot of static spiritually, a lot of confusion, for the Holy Ghost to come into that person's life and stop that. And turn them around and set them up on another kingdom, on another road. What a resurrection that is. That ought to cause our hearts to just begin to quiver and say, God, I want to see that resurrection. Satan is the master of causing interference. And the Holy Spirit is in the business of intercepting him. Satan's trying to go one way, trying to take you down one path. And the Holy Spirit is there to intercept that and go the other way. Hallelujah. We believe in that kind of spiritual intervention. Do, do we not? For involvement. It just seems like things are getting sloppy or things are just getting casual. Or maybe even you can sense a demonic spirit or a certain something's just not right. And all of a sudden for God to become involved. 
for the Holy Spirit to come in there. That's a spiritual intervention. It's to stop death. It's to stop the sickness. It's to bring a person's mind back to them again. It's to break amnesia. And it might not be happening for everyone else. But it could be happening exactly for the person the Holy Spirit says, I want to intervene for them. Hallelujah. Just like those soldiers that were just shaking on the boxcars and trying to bring them to across the nation to find a family or someone that would be able to claim them. Or maybe they would come to themselves and they were really going to a sanitarium or to a place to where people had lost their minds and they had lost their identity. But do you remember the time they stopped at a certain place and they all started getting out to stretch their legs and things and And all of a sudden, one man started to walk down a certain pathway and a certain thing. And he came up over a hill and around. And there was a certain water tower there. Do you all remember that there? And the guard, instead of stopping him, he just let him keep on walking. And he went around and up and down. And he came and broke out into a clearing. And there was his father waiting for him. And it broke that spiritual amnesia that had got a hold of that soldier. And we heard this morning about soldiers. And it's time to fight. But sometimes the great general knows when there's been a shock. Or when there's a wounded spirit. And it's easier to win a city. Than to win back a brother that has been broken in his heart. And when I read that this morning in my private devotion, I thought, our God is able to take that city. A man or a woman, a believer that has been, what was the word in the book of Proverbs? A person that's been broken or... It it, it was in a certain place. A wounded spirit. Is that what it was, Brother Victor? Somebody that's coming to that place. It's Proverbs chapter 18. Let's go back there. This isn't in our notes to read tonight. But Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19. It's an offended brother. A brother that's been offended. Proverbs 18, verse 18. 19. Proverbs 18 verse 19. This is some good things we can get out of reading our Bibles every day. This, I wasn't preparing for the service so much as just going through our Bible reading. But Proverbs 18 verse 19 says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. And when I read that and I paused, that a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. But we can win the strong city back. Somebody that's been offended or a soldier that's been wounded. Yes, that was another scripture. Brother Victor, in verse verse 14, it speaks about a wounded spirit. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. And I thought of a soldier that becomes wounded in their infirmity. And sometimes they might begin to fall down, a brother or sister. 
But let's go back to verse 19. A brother offended. It's harder to be one than a strong city. And it talks about their contentions are like the bars of a castle. God is able to break those bars. He's able to win back a strong city. So as we continue with our thought tonight of a spiritual intervention, it means for there to be an intrusion or intercession. You, You say, but it's really silent or not a lot. Nobody really knows what I'm going through. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to intercede with groanings and with uh, spirits. This isn't even in my notes what I'm saying right now. It's just the Holy Spirit begins to groan on your behalf. We have a high priest tonight that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And I want to say what a resurrection that is. Hallelujah. To intervene means... To interfere. Satan has an agenda. He has a plan to destroy you. And God interferes with the devil. Satan separator and divide and conquer and get you into a cave somewhere. All ashamed and all embarrassed. That's his goal. And the Holy Spirit will just allow it to go so far Because God wants to get glory out of this trial that you're going through. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit interferes with Satan and says, thus far and no far further. How many believe God has big shoulders tonight? When the big man of the house steps in, Satan flees. When you turn on the lights in a room, all the bugs scatter. But it means to mediate. God coming down and intervening means he mediates in the situation. And there's no person between God and you but Jesus Christ. He's our mediator. So you don't have to go through no one else to get a resurrection. God's offering to us tonight when he intercedes and he intrudes into Satan's plan and totally demolishes and breaks up his whole plan and scheme. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, sometimes we speak about a medical intervention and someone could just be going along and all of a sudden they, they, they need a medical intervention and they need an intervention and they need a medical intervention. We could talk about a financial intervention, someone that's in debt or overextended and it goes on and on and they just don't have it what it takes to make it. They need a financial intervention. We could speak about an accident intervention and that's in a time of an accident. Someone is in trouble and there needs to be intervention. This just happened last Thursday. Uh, to us in, at the Peace Arch border, Brother Tim Dodd and Brother Jason DeMars and us were going to White Rock for a little lunch. And as we went by the highway there near that border, they were already closing off the highway and shutting down the border. We went on to lunch and then as I was just coming back to cross the border, it had already opened up. And when we I was able to come through on the U.S. side, just on the Canadian side, there had been a... Uh, when I asked the border guard what had happened there, he said there was a, um, impaired driver came just 
toward the Canadian border and slammed into another vehicle and pushed it into the medium there, up into the flowers there, and it burst in the flames and a, and a person passed away. And I thought, my, here's a person that's in a border lineup. Little did they know in just a few minutes, it was all going to be over. Someone trying to get away from the police and running down I-5 and slamming into them and crashing. And it wasn't them that died. It was the person they hit, passed away. They needed an intervention. It was a time of crisis. And sometimes a person can just be thinking everything's okay, but really they need an intervention. They're in a time of crisis. There's been an accident. We could talk about military interventions and things or a marriage or a family might need intervention. They need something to come in and happen. It's going in a, in a direction. There needs to be an intervention. I just want to say thank the Lord for a spiritual intervention. We were all going down a wrong path. We were all going in the wrong way and God interceded for us. There was a spiritual mediation on our behalf. I want to say, what a resurrection that was when Jesus rose from the dead. But what a resurrection it is today for you and I when God intercedes. That's greater than any medical, financial, military. It's God stepping on the scene and saying, it's time for this to turn a corner here. Now, in, it is the rising of the sun. When Brother Bradham spoke about this, uh, let's go back to John chapter 14, verse 19, as we try to be more like Brother Fred tonight. Amen. Uh, I don't claim to be a fraction of what our Brother Fred is. We really love him. John 14, verse 19 Again, Jesus was speaking to some of his disciples. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye live also. And Brother Branham quoted this, and it is the rising of the sun, his last Easter message. Because I live, ye live also, speaking to his wife. So it wasn't just... Uh, the disciples, the 11 on the team, because Judas walked out. It was now those that were going to carry on the message. I have something personal to say to you and privately just here. And we would say, oh, if I could just be in the room or have a little video, Jesus is speaking to his 11 disciples, but a prophet is saying, no, he's speaking to his wife. So it wasn't just in the room. It was now a global message. Because I live, you live also. And Brother Branham said, what a resurrection that was. And what a resurrection this is. So it's not just saying, oh, Easter, Easter is a wonderful day. And and they make a tradition out of it. And we can remember that. But it's looking to our own lives. And saying, Lord, thank you for the resurrection. But tonight, maybe it's also saying, God, I need a resurrection. I need a quickening. I need an awakening. 
as Christ was the first one to raise from all the prophets and so forth, although typed in many places, he was the first fruits of those that slept. In the bride coming of Christ, coming out of the church, there'll be a sheaf waved again in the last days. Waving of the sheaf. What was the sheaf? The first one that come to mature. The first one that proved it was a wheat. That proved, he's just repeating it, that it was a sheaf. He said, I'm sure you see what I'm talking about. Was waved over the people. And the first time there would come forth for the bride age. A resurrection out of dark denominationalism. Will be a message. And that the full maturity of the word has turned back again in its full power. And being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back then. So we would say, praise God, what a resurrection that is. And he just smote the head of Satan and said, my, he brought us out of dark denominationalism. What a resurrection that was for many of you adults and older ones. But bringing it here tonight to say, let there be another resurrection among us. What a resurrection that is to see someone step out of their darkness and be free. Maybe it's a wounded brother. Maybe it's an offended sister. Maybe someone is lost out on some spiritual nightmare. And we're going to be dealing with it more and more as the day approaches. Satan trying to bring our families, individuals, children, young people, sisters and brothers, pull them into a nightmare. Pull them into a place where they're out of their right minds. There's got to be men and women that know they've been resurrected. That can speak to that storm. Speak to that situation. And bring it back to its normal condition again. So that you can say, what a resurrection this is now. In my family. In my life. In my situation. To be quickened from the dead and made alive in Christ Jesus by his quickening power. Would you agree he's been waved over us? Who would agree to that? He has been waved over us. He was waved over us. Not Brother Branham. The word Christ was waved over us. But as an adopted son and speaking out maturely. This is his last Easter message. God was trying to get a message to us. And I hope we're not just like Mary and Martha that were just believers, but they didn't see the resurrection that was right there among them. They they were looking to another resurrection or another day. They're believers. They're believers. But they didn't recognize the very resurrection was right there in their midst. I am the resurrection and the life. Can we hear that voice to you tonight saying, I want to give you healing. I want to give you power. As our brother Ryan Hayes prayed in the back room, give us wisdom. Give us the mind of Christ. My, wouldn't that be amazing if God just dropped that down into your heart and you would say, what a resurrection this is. Hallelujah. Where God could counsel you. Where he said, I'll not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. It gets us out of just sermonizing and services. 
It gets it to where a person becomes desperate and they say, God, I need a resurrection. Let it happen to me. Let it happen in my address, in my job, where we're not just looking for scholarships or education, but we're looking for Christ. We're looking for the word to come alive. It's been waved over us. He said, like it was on the day of Pentecost, the word. And as I say, it's to be waved again in the last days. It's been waved over us. How many love Brother Job in the Bible? He didn't have a Bible like us. He didn't have a lot of tapes. But he saw the resurrection. And he said, my Redeemer liveth. Brother Tom, you closed on this and I have it right in my notes. Do you mind me reading one quote? My Redeemer liveth and I'll let you. Take it further. <laughs> we tell, we're not supposed to steal, but sometimes we take from one another. Amen. And I showed Brother Tim this this morning when Brother Tom mentioned this. But you know, we can have Easter's. We can have all kinds of services. But there's nothing like having an Easter now. A resurrection now. Do you understand tonight where there can be death and something sorrow And God just says it's time for that to end. And it's time for happiness and joy to come back to that heart again. Let me go back to March when we just felt to speak on that this desert shall bloom again. And that there will be another spring. Let me take it a little bit deeper tonight. You are that spring. It's not out there somewhere. You are the spring. Let there be another spring. Let there be a resurrection for you, brother. Sister, let there be a resurrection in you. We're not speaking about a fall, winter, spring, summer like that there. It's easy to put it out there. You are the spring. Let there be another spring. I tell you, some of us need to prophesy again. Put the words not just in your heart, but on your lips. Speak it out there. So in my Redeemer liveth. This was an early sunrise service in Jeffersonville. And they many times they would do that back years ago. And Brother Brown speaks an early sunrise service. Just a short service. But on my Redeemer liveth. And he was talking about how theologians are tampering with the Bible. And organizations and things. And talking about trying to, uh, what we need. He's just quoting how some people say, well what we need is some people buried under the church. Some of the saints. And we'll dig up their bones and bring them here. Some of them have said, we'll build a church over the tomb where he was crucified or where he was buried. We'll build a church there. And Brother Branham said, people in material are trying to do materialistic things. But it's just a knot. N-A-U-G-H-T. Sorry, Brother Murphy. It's just for knot. People are doing things today and it's just for naught. In the words of Jesus, in vain. Do they worship me? And I say, God, may that never happen in our lives. Where it just becomes all for naught. Just in vain. Their worship is vain. Their believing is vain. Because it has no resurrection. It has no power. It has no life. I say, what a resurrection that was. 
But what a resurrection is tonight for a believer, for God to say and intercede and say, the time of death is over. Hallelujah. I don't know, friends, I'm just trembling on the inside. I feel like the Holy Spirit's ministering to somebody. Some of them say we'll build a church over here and do this and material. People are so materialistic things. It's such a for naught. There's nothing to it. Brother Bradham said it's all nonsense. But the real resurrection is those who've died in him and been born again that has a no soul faith. Hallelujah. I know my Redeemer liveth. I say, God, give Cloverdale Bible Way more believers that are like that. Not like Martha. Forgive me. She was a believer, but she was missing the resurrection right in front of her. She was putting it all out there, all out there. And Jesus was saying, wake up. It's right here. It's nigh thee even in your mouth. It's in your heart. Job, without the Holy Ghost, said, I know my Redeemer liveth. He, he was looking forward to the resurrection. Surely, as believers looking back on the resurrection, we can say, my, what a resurrection that was. And then offer yourself and say, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, come and quicken this mortal body. God's given you the authority. You're his son. You're his daughter. Help us, Jesus. Even a son that is out of their place is still a son. Even a son that is backslid is still a son of God. A daughter of God that is in their wrong place is still a daughter of God. But they just need to come to themselves. They just need that quickening power to come to their soul. To be birthed again. To be born again. To have the shell. Oh, that shell can be so strong on us. God can break that shell. Break that unbelief. Break that demon spirit. Break that darkness all around. Jesus can step in and turn on the lights. Wherever Lazarus was, whenever the word came by there, it set him free. How many understand that? He said, what a resurrection that was. But what a resurrection can happen for you tonight if that same word would come into your heart and you begin to operate under that word. What a resurrection this is. Sons and daughters of God being led by the Spirit. Asking for mercy. Asking for grace. More than just forgiveness. It's, it's justification. It's the bleach. We believe in the bleach. We believe in God's power. To come into a situation and break up all the elements of that unbelief. Come on, friends. I know it's Sunday night, but this is the gospel. The bleach can strike a situation 
and send everything wrong back on Satan. And you can walk out of there totally set free. In a new light. A new hold. What a resurrection that was for Lazarus. But what a resurrection this is. Brother Brown, I'm speaking about Job, and I know my Redeemer liveth, God working with these people with signs and wonders. And he's speaking about our day and the Great Commission, showing that he rose from the dead and showing visible signs and wonders. The very Lord Jesus that raised from the dead is alive today and can do the very same things that he promised. Hallelujah. We have some real happy people in the service tonight. Sister Grace, just wave your hand back there. And Brother Mutchie, he said, I'm the happiest father in this whole church. God gave them a little girl. This is our first Sunday in the house of God. Out of the womb. Thanks be to God. God puts miracle children among us. Physically. What about spiritually? Someone that might be dead or non-existent. Void of life. And all of a sudden God intercepts that. Intercedes. Jumps right up out of nowhere. Grabs that thing of Satan and says, we're going the other way with this. That is a sign and wonder that follows them that believe. Hallelujah. But I believe the Lord Jesus is in the service tonight. God confirms his word with signs following. He wants some sister to believe. Some brother to believe. How many believe the scripture when it says these signs shall accompany them that believe? Jesus said that even till I return again. So that's even tonight. Though he said you may be cast out. Though you may be called fanatical, yet he's here in all of his power. This is then when he says this. I pray that God will give you an Easter today. So he's not just talking about that Easter and that resurrection. He, he's working with the people in the tabernacle. I pray that God will give you an Easter today. Maybe we need to say that again. I pray that God would give you an Easter today. So he's bringing it into the building, into the service. That God would bring a resurrection, a quickening, coming up higher. That you'll never forget as long as you live. I tell you, God's in the business of shaking Satan's kingdom and rattling him so much that he just leaves. Amen. Let's go to Romans 8 together, please. Romans 8, 22. What did Paul mean in the scripture when he talked about groaning? And that we're travailing in pain. What does that mean for us tonight? In Romans 8, 22, what does the Bible mean when it says the whole creation groaneth and travailing in pain together until now? And he said, not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first 
fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. What does that mean? Is speaking about the redemption of our body is the change. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Again, 1 Corinthians 15. And this is a very long chapter. Maybe you could read it this week. It's speaking of the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15. It's Paul speaking on the resurrection. and He opens up this, the chapter speaking about the resurrection. And how Jesus was seen of so many. Verse 1 down through verse 8. He talks about the resurrection of Jesus and different ones seeing him and the 500, then James. And, and then Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 8, and last of all, he was seen of me also. As of one born out of due time, Paul never saw Jesus physically, but he saw him. In that experience of the resurrection in his own life. That's why he could say, and last of all, he was seen of me. Now that's what every born again believer can say. I have seen him. I have seen the Lord. Paul never saw him physically. But he could say in verse 8, last of all, he was seen of me also. It was by revelation. That's how Job said, my Redeemer liveth. That's how many in the scripture, Jonah in the whale, whale's belly, with seaweed all wrapped around him. There could be a repentance, strike his heart, and he could turn toward that holy temple. 1 Corinthians 15 speaks of the resurrection and down through verse 51. Paul said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We shall be changed. Oh, no, that singing anointings on this. We shall be changed. Change from the mortal to immortality. Well, you can sing better. Get on up here. Amen. We need some more choir songs. We shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. But before that change, we need a spiritual change. And, and that's what we were emphasizing two and a half weeks ago, that before the resurrection of our bodies... And the resurrection of the dead in Christ. Every elect seed of God will have a spiritual resurrection. I said this to someone this week. Just think about this. How could God on the day of judgment or in the future. Just accept everybody into heaven. Just accept everybody in. No matter how they've lived or how they've acted in life. Just everybody come in. God's so loving and he just loves everybody come in. And then throughout the course of life, he would convict some and 
Cause his Holy Spirit to come on another to dress a certain way or live a certain way or live a certain standard. And then at the end, just accept everybody in. That's not our God. Do you understand? You say, well, everybody, you know, at the end, God just going to take everybody in no matter how they lived and how they acted. I, I don't know what kind of God you serve, but that's not our God. It's God's duty to send the Holy Spirit, send a word that will transform the believers so that on that day when the rapture takes place, we can leave here. But it's not just just everybody live however you want to live and then he's just going to accept you all in. He does that now. Today is the day for our spiritual resurrection. And I just pray God, the Holy Spirit, would continue to move out among us. The Holy Spirit won't do one thing on one person and another on another. This might get a little squeaky. But God does not say in the, in the word that he'll send a prophet and then send a prophet, which is his grace and mercy. And then just accept everybody in that rejects that prophet. That is God to the people. That's God's mercy. That's God's grace. Do we believe that? So how can God say, no, you just, everyone that says, oh, Brother Branham this and the message that, and then just, oh, everybody into heaven. No, the Holy Spirit is here now, opening up hearts, giving them revelation. That is our absolute of the word of God, is when a prophet comes and dovetails that and breaks the seals for us. The lamb breaks the seals through a prophet's message. That's God's mercy. It's just amazing that that people can just say, well, I I don't agree. or You know, I see it different or you know what it is. It's people that are on the inside looking out or and then there's people on the outside looking in. It's no wonder it's two different views. But if you can just get on the inside and let the Holy Spirit, he'll give you his mind. He'll give you revelation. He'll break every yoke. All you need to pray is, Lord, what do you think about that situation? How do you feel about this issue? That's you dying to yourself. That's you overcoming yourself by getting out of the way and saying, God... How do you feel about this? I don't know who that was for, but God bless you. Revelation's good, isn't it? It's just sweet. It just breaks all of the ice and the yoke off of us. And then we only see one thing. That's Jesus. That's him alone. And you just fall in love with Jesus. You just fall in love with his word. I was talking to a sister in our church that's married now and has children. And she began to talk about the resurrection and how years ago when she was younger, maybe a teen and teenager raised in the message, how it just seemed like the resurrection was so real. It just seemed like whether it was at school, I know she attended a public school and it just seemed like at any time there was such an awareness or a reality That the resurrection could take place. Or it could be today. 
I remember going to school. It also was a public school and, and, and being in a classroom and, it, and the, the word and the messages had so made it so real that there could come resurrected saints come knocking on the door of my classroom and say, it's over. The resurrection's taken place. It was so real. And I would say, God, bring us back to that place. Bring us back to a place now in 2019 where our children, our families can have that same awareness, that same revelation, that same reality that they could come walking through the doors right now. How many believe that? How many believe that? You say, well, this needs to happen. That need- God can do whatever he wants to. But if they started filing through here, you'd say, wow, what a, what a resurrection that is. Or what a great thing. I would say, what a resurrection it is for a man or woman, boy or girl. To break out of their lethargy. Break out of their unbelief and say, I will arise. I I will go. I believe with all my heart we're living in a season. Where cancers can fall off right in a service. Missing limbs can just come right out in a meeting. Demon spirits can be cast out right while we're preaching tonight. Right now, that demon spirit has no authority over you. You can just let it go right now and say, God, I'm free. According to the word of God. The atmosphere is right. There's believers all around you. The love of God is in the place. Mercy's being extended. Grace is reaching out. Say, I'm in a fog. Say, God, break this fog away from me. We are the people of the resurrection. We are in the season of the resurrection. We're walking in a time now when it's been waved over us for many, many years. But there will come a time when it will become reality. And it will materialize right around our faith. And then we will say, what a resurrection this is. But before that change, and this is where we're getting to tonight. God, bring a spiritual resurrection to all of your seed. We do not become a seed of God the night we gave our heart to the Lord. Help me as I just go down a little path for a moment. You do not become a son of God, a daughter of God, the moment you just surrender. You always was a seed of God. You always was a son. You always was a daughter. This message did not come to make us seed. We were seed. That's why we received the message. So shake off those heavy bands. I just don't have the strength. That's why we have Sunday night services. That's why we have meetings like this. So the word can come and break those chains. Break those shackles. For so many, it was a resurrection out of dark denominationalism. 
And many would say, Amen, Brother John. For so many it was a, a, a resurrection out of the world and drugs and alcohol and booze and party. And you say, wow, Brother John, what a resurrection. That was. But God is still in the resurrection business. From every generation to every generation, God doesn't change. When he sees death, when he sees sorrow, when he sees something dysfunctional or a crack somewhere, God is in the business of restoration. Do we believe that tonight? Gloom has to go. Sorrow has to go. Bondage has to go. We heard it this morning. About an armor bearer that didn't even tell the king. You don't have to broadcast it. You just need to move under that anointing and let God vindicate that that was his leadership. And let me just stretch it a little bit. Then if you would fall flat on your face and realize that wasn't the will of God, just repent and come back to God. Stop working and miring up all of this condemnation and let Satan just put you down. Rise up tonight. That was yesterday. That was a year ago. We can remember conversations and things that were done. Am, Am I going back to Proverbs right now? A wounded spirit, a wounded sister, brother. We can win them. We can win them back. Brother Andrew, I appreciated your prayer this morning. It doesn't matter who we are. And we know each other really good. Probably not as good as we should. Hello? We should know one another better. Someone going through something, we don't even know it till they hit the wall. God help us. When we could be on our knees, we could be in prayer and God just lay something on your heart. I was with a group of young people Friday night and God bless the Parrish family and Sister Lily. Happy birthday. That was the greatest 16th birthday party I've ever been to. Haven't told a person, haven't told them who, but in February God gave us a dream about two individuals that were in that room. And I haven't told a person, and I'm not going to tell you. So you're just watching, you're just observing how God is moving and how God is working. That's how God works in the body. But it's not time to get in the flesh and just work things up in our own selves. It's time to walk in the spirit and be spiritual. And be around one another in a way that we can encourage one another. Let there be a resurrection out of that nation, out of that sports nation, that goddess nation, that internet nation. Say, what a resurrection that was, but what a resurrection we have tonight available. And we need to close. Brother Branham read Romans 8, 22 and 23, talking about the redemption of our bodies and this groaning. He said, oh, my, my, my. Don't that make us old folks feel good? It ought to make us all feel good. Waiting for this hour. We understand this will take place at the first resurrection. 
This is Brother Branham speaking about Romans 8, 22 and 23. This groaning, this adoption, the redemption of our bodies will take place at the first resurrection. See, nature is groaning. We are groaning. Everything is groaning because we realize there's something not right. Hello out there tonight. As we just close the service, it's not a great mystery that something's not right. He said the only way you can groan and wait for it is because there has been new life coming here that speaks of a new world. How many can say, Lord, you've been waved over me and new life is coming here? About half of you. Praise the Lord. There's been a resurrection. But that something gives you a groaning from a, for a new world. A new place. Even in its little seed form, it's groaning. Even when you're in a bar stool or in a backslidden state, you're groaning. I'm going to stretch it a little further. Even in a relationship that's not of God... You're a seed of God. You're groaning. This is not right. This is not true. What is wrong? This isn't. And you're looking for something real. You're looking for love in all the wrong places. What is it? It's the groaning of the seed. This isn't too deep for anyone, is it? He said, the only way you can groan and wait for it is because there has been new life coming here that speaks of a new world. Oh, what a blessed hope for the believer that's lifting up hands. For redemption is drawing nigh when he sees these things appearing. It's a great time for the believer. It's a great time for us. But it's a very scary time for someone that is out of their place. It's a haunted affair. And broken cisterns. Brother Branham called it a, a neurotic age. A neurotic age. And it causes the mind to just mis, misconnect. Because the person is somewhere, but they're not in their right place. And they groan. They groan. Their spirit's groaning. Their bodies begin to groan. How many know what I'm talking about? You believers especially... That's received the Holy Spirit. Know what it's like to groan. Oh my son. Oh my daughter. Oh the situation. And then it comes so deep to where it's not even words that can be uttered. It's a groaning. Come on Cloverdale Bible way. I hope we're not so into the buzz and the ting and our devices that we're so connected to those things. But what about the groaning for the change? I say, Lord, bring that atmosphere more among us now. It's 2019, but the revelation we had before must come into this generation. They could come knocking on the door. Are you ready? Are you ready to go? You could be sitting in a borderline up and not know within five minutes it's all going to be over for you. And a fiery crash. And I drove by there, Brother Tim, just minutes after. And the car was already covered with a black tarp and it was just 
minutes after. And I thought, this individual was just alive a few minutes before. Excuse me, but what if five minutes before that, someone would have just walked up to their window and just tapped on their window? And maybe they would have just, and let it go down. Yes, can I help you? Are are you ready to go to meet the Lord? Get out of my life. Get going. Maybe it was an angel. Maybe it was someone that happened to be walking through Peace Arch Park and just knocked on the window. Are you where you need to be with the Lord? What if that actually happened? That would be a resurrection. You'd say, what if that person just broke? Said, no, I'm not. Who are you? What did you come to my car for? I I was sent from the presence of God to speak a personal message to you. Are you where you need to be with the Lord? I'm not. If it would happen now, I'm not ready. Well, right there where you're sitting, just give your heart to the Lord. He can cover your life. Though your sins be a scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Thank you, kind sir. Just weeping and crying and I surrender. Little do they know, down the highway and a... You talk about a resurrection in that other dimension. I'm not being sensational. I'm speaking to you and to me tonight, even in our services, the grace of God that reaches down for all of us and knocks on our address, knocks on our window. I I pray that we would not, uh, Sister Ruth's not here tonight, but to Brother Richardson that years ago just made that little comment about, do you think that that's really the place you should be skating like that? And she hung up her skate. And Brother Biscoe said, they're still hanging in the garage. I would ask the question, where's that kind of attitude today? Where men of God or an anointed person just speak something to us. So many times we know so much and we say, who are you? And we get an attitude. When really, that's exactly what we needed to hear. Brother Branham said, we're groaning. Did you ever notice a tree, how it struggles for life? It wants to live. And you notice an animal, how in death, how it struggles. Some of you hunters will know, and even in death, it'll struggle. Brother Branham said, you notice a human being, everything, nature is groaning. We and ourselves are groaning. We know there's something wrong. We see from these very verses, Brother Branham's Mentioning Romans 8, 22, 23. In these very verses, something has been lost to man and to earth. Creation of all types has lost something. For we see from this inspired word that it's groaning for some reason. And he said, you don't groan lest there's a reason for it. God doesn't deal that way unless there's a reason for it. 
And this, this will be our last quote. I'm just continuing with the same quote. He said, something's lost and it's groaning. This is the breach. Something's lost and it's groaning. It's trying to get back to its original condition. Would you imagine, he said, someone falling from the earth down into a deep pit somewhere and we're struggling, climbing, pulling. They must by some means get out of this pit. They're not in their original state. And frantically, they're screaming. They're clawing the walls, making a noise or doing some way. They're groaning because they want it to get back to their original state. They're trying to get back to their original state. I thank God for a message that has interpreted to us, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the God part of you talking to the seed part of you. Wake up, brother. Wake up, sister. It's the God part talking to the seed part. And some still question that. And they wonder and they're confused. I say, God, clear away the fog. Just clear away all that nonsense. Or clawing, screaming, frantically, trying to... And in their spiritual fingernails, there's dirt, there's soot. And I pray, God, may they have a revelation. That they're a seed of God. Going back to God. And here we have, he said... As when a person is struck with a disease and aches and pains. One time they wasn't that way. But they're groaning. They're not right. There's something wrong. Some of you tonight know there's something wrong more than others do. There's some that there's actual things going on in your body or even your spirit right now. And you're groaning. And you know that there needs to be an intervention. Someone else that's just happy, they're going along, nothing's wrong, but you let crisis strike. You let something happen. They need an intervention. That's why I say there's some here that, that are aware more of the need that they have. They're groaning. He said they're trying. Groaning. Trying to get back to where they was when they had health. And when nature and people, as the Bible said, are groaning, it shows there's something that they're not in their ought-to-be condition. They have fallen from somewhere. And Brother Bynum said, now we don't need anybody to interpret that for us. Of course, we know it was eternal life they had fallen from. And they lost their claims on eternal life by the fall of Adam and Eve who fell from eternal life to death in the Garden of Eden and brought all nature under them to death. Now, of course, when Adam fell to death, he brought death upon all creation. Now he was given free moral agency and it was given to them just so to make a choice. Tonight, we have a choice to receive life. We can't say it's Adam's fault. A sister can't get upset with Eve. I'm going to have a good talk with Eve. It's not Eve's fault now. It's our fault. Brothers, we can't say it's Adam's fault for... No, it's us now that have an opportunity to hear the voice of God. The tree of life. Let's bow our heads tonight. I finished that one quote, even though there's more on the next page, when he talked about Adam. He said, we can't put the blame on Adam. 
What a resurrection this is. What a coming out of and what a coming up higher there is. Maybe someone is at the point of confessing or admitting that there needs to be a spiritual intervention. There needs to be an interceding, a coming in there by God Himself. Somebody groaning. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it's in another area of your life. Maybe it's from the soul realm and you know it's groaning. It's eternal life. Calling. Calling. And some of these things as we speak about cannot be answered just with a service. We know the change of the body is really the answer to our physical dying that's happening in our bodies. But the bride has been given authority. And we've been given the promises that we can be healed. We can be delivered. And Satan has no right to hold back a son or daughter of God. Do we believe that tonight? I wonder who would say, Lord, I'm taking you at your word tonight. There's a groan in my life. And I'm believing you to apply that healing, that balm, that deliverance, that answer. Maybe it's wisdom. Maybe it's counsel. Would you ask the Holy Spirit which said, I will bring you the comforter. And I will come and comfort you and give you peace. I will come and give you discernment. I will come and show you the way. May the Holy Spirit just come to that heart tonight that was wavering. And bring a healing. Bring wine and bring oil to your seat right there. Bring it to the situation. Consume me, Lord, with the fire of your spirit. Consume me, Lord, and make me more like thee. Break me, Lord, and bless the broken pieces of my life. Consume me, Lord Jesus. Saturate me, O God. Oh, Jesus. Our Father. There was one of our 20-year-old young adults in our church texted me this week. And they just said, I believe God's about ready to do something for our church. I agree with that 100%. And I say, Lord, let your Holy Spirit do whatever you want to do with our lives, Lord. We can have young men and young ladies, little children desiring this. We've had people visiting our church recently. In the depths of sin. In lifestyles that are not right. But by streaming the services. And come just less than ten times. I think about five times. Being around some of you. Sons and daughters of God. They've seen your lives. There's already been a change in them. You say what is that? That's a resurrection. How many believe that tonight? That's a resurrection. 
the same God that delivered you is delivering them. Say, well, it's little by little, Brother John. There's a scripture for that. Little by little. God's in the healing business. And that doesn't happen immediately. And God heals by a lot of different ways. Dr. Jesus, come on that case. Come into that situation. Come into that mind. Come into that body right now, Lord Jesus. This church doesn't know, but all three of the ministers on this platform this very week has gone through incredible battles. I was thinking this week, we'll we'll never really know what one another goes through. We'll never really know the sister, the brother, the young people, what they go through. We don't really know. But we believe in a great God. The Lord Jesus that rose on Easter morning and that great resurrection. You say, what an Easter morning. I would say, what a resurrection this is. And I hope we're not in the reasoning category and in the... criticism section but I hope there can be some humility down in our hearts that if it's not you or me or a loved one it's someone in need that the Holy Spirit cries out through the body healings in the body that we have patience for one another And we're able to wait. Like in a communion service. As Brother Tom or Brother Bisco or another minister would say, let's bow our heads and wait for one another. And Paul would go on to say, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Because they haven't discerned correctly the body of the Lord and That's the reason we slow down and we pause for just a few minutes to say, Jesus, I want to rightly discern the situation. I want to know what you think about this, Lord. Drop it down into my heart, Lord. Maybe somebody's in a valley of decision tonight. Maybe you're not there. Maybe all is well. And maybe it's just going good for you. Maybe your family is good. But somebody else came early. Somebody else prayed. Somebody else said, 
If it's for me, I need you to speak to me tonight. I need you to speak to what's in my heart. Then Lord, may you speak to that person right now. May you talk to that person down in that valley. Let some of those other eagles, brothers that's climbed up to the mountain screaming out, you can do it, you can do it, you can rally. Lord, rally around that heart that needs you. Rally around that believer that's in distress. We circle the wagons. We come around them with our faith. We let our prayers come up like an odor and say, let there be another spring. Let there be another flower come out of this rock, out of the middle of this rock. Lord, let there be a crack somewhere in this situation. I know down inside of there, there's life. Come out from there. And you begin to speak under that burden. And all of a sudden there comes a little crocus, a little desire, a little hand, a little cry. A little cry. They woke up from their pain. They woke up. Something came to themselves. It was the Holy Spirit. Interfering. Intercepting. Interceding. Heavenly Father, it's just a Sunday night meeting for us. But I pray the Holy Spirit would do your business. And do your work among us. So many could have been out by the ocean tonight or visited their relatives, but they chose to come to the house of God. I pray that you would answer their prayers in Jesus' name as we stand. Oh, consume me, Lord. praises a little bit. Oh yes, consume us, Lord. Consume me, Lord. Consume
Brother Jason DeMars coming and speaking to us about the Middle East, you know. We were just able to spend a little personal time with Brother Jason. And we kind of know him on a personal level. We'd just be able to ask him a question that maybe most wouldn't even know or ask. We just come right out and ask it. How, how is this certain area in your life? You know, we can talk about the great things and the the mountains but then just to know a person on another level and say how is this going in your life and it can just kind of bring everything right to where you're connected and you can begin to share and talk about things that maybe no one else would even know about from a man that worked for Wells Fargo and two other banks and then gave his heart unreservedly to the mission work He gave his life for the gospel. Brother Tim, he gave his life for the message. 
And then just to see the projection of his life and the needs he has and things we can talk about and things even in the last few weeks he shared with us on on Thursday night when we were alone with him in a place. No, it was, yes, it was Thursday night. About in the last few weeks, he just went for a long walk just all by himself and the Lord just spoke to his heart and he walked right back and made major life changing decisions that affects finances his family his church his ministry because he went on a walk maybe this is a good week to go on a walk Maybe it's just a good time for you to get alone with God and say, what a resurrection that was. But I want to see a greater resurrection in my life. A greater coming out, a greater coming out, Lord. But it takes men and women that are personal with God and can say, God spoke to me. How how many kind of people are like that, that God can just talk to and you would be willing to do whatever he said heavenly father as we go on this Sunday night to our different places we've heard wonderful testimonies from Switzerland and what you did in those meetings what you did in uh, uh, brother Tim will speak about Uganda and Ethiopia we've heard about the Middle East I heard this morning from Europe we heard yesterday from the Philippines Japan the move of the Holy Ghost just seems like your Holy Spirit is moving through the globe, moving, collecting your last seed, just making everyone ready, tapping on the glass of their little window, just getting their attention. Is everything right? Is everything good? I pray, Father, the Holy Spirit would be in our assembly, be in our families, be in our individual lives. In relationships, Jesus, as we heard this morning, help us to be faithful. If it's down a slippery slope or up a thorny hill. If we got to jump into a pit somewhere, if we got to stand alone. If we've got to sing God's praises with shackles on our feet. Put someone next to us that can be happy and praise you. That we can sing uh, maybe a rusty, out-of-tune voice. But it'll cause the walls to shake and the bars to come loose. Oh, Father, that would bring a jailer, a predestinated seed to his right mind and shake that jailhouse. And bring a man that was ready to commit suicide into a conversion. And him and his house was saved because of two brothers, Paul and Silas. That even in the middle of their trial, they sang praises to God. Lord, let us be a people like that this week. And even like our precious brother Jason to Mars. I can take a walk down a little pathway all alone. And you can talk to him. And he can come back and say, God spoke to me. And you can vindicate that within These lives of ours. Heavenly Father, bless the people. Settle their hearts. Protect us this week, Jesus. And if it would be this week that there would come a knock on the door, 
I believe it's meetings like this morning, like this afternoon, that would have prepared us for that great occasion. The redemption of our bodies, the glorious resurrection of the saints, the translation. Let it be in our lips and in our testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you shake hands with one another. And we'll sing that as we go. Have a victorious week. Friday night is our prayer meeting. My Redeemer, yes.